Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, let me go ahead and switch over to my screen. Boom. All right. So we are officially live on social media. Uh, today is Wednesday, July 7th. July 7th. We're already past the half-point part of the year. So this is Reflection Artist Live podcast number 37 with our special guest, Bernice Ussery. And this woman is uh, a good friend. Uh, I've known her personally for a long time. Uh, she's a great influence in the industry. Uh, for all aspects of it. So we're going to get to know Bernice today. And um, she has, gosh, she's been in the industry 10 plus years on the industry side. She's been in business 30 plus years um, from starting off in detailing to window tinning, uh, wraps, paint protection film, ceramic coatings, you name it. Uh, The good thing is she has her hands on everything in her shop that all of us are doing or uh, wanting to do and add as a service. So we could definitely gain a lot from her knowledge and the path that she's taken to gain that and be successful at it. So Bernice, thank you for being on and uh, give us a little background on how all of everything got started in your life when it comes to the wonderful world of detailing. Okay. Well, first of all, I've been stressed (laughs) so much this morning. I didn't charge my computer. So give me two seconds. No worries. Um, See, that was a quick story. Boom. She told that she was gone. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, well, I don't know. Um, it was a punishment back in the days. And at 12 years old, I was working on cars with my dad. One, it gave us something to do for the summer, but mostly because I talked back a lot and I would get in trouble and I had to work on cars with my dad and it didn't bother me, you know, it was something to do. As a but, punishment? Uh, yeah. Wow. I'd rather do that than Look get spanking. Look at the spanking. turnaround on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad was pretty harsh with his spanking, so I was okay working on cars until I was 17. 17, I thought, I'm, I'm tired of getting dirty. And, you know, there's a lot of friction between me and my parents. And I figured I'm done. And I told my dad, I, I don't want to work on cars no more. I'm stinky. I'm dirty. And. I can't be a girl working on cars. I don't want to do this anymore. And I said, I'm going to be in corporate America and I'm going to be the big boss and everybody's going to do what I say. And (laughs) well, that didn't pan out either. I just, uh, you know, I I did really good with corporate America and my biggest sell was $198,000 for a really large job in Las Vegas. And it was for a window film. We created a new product. And I got a really nice commission check. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to invite all my friends and we're just going to party it up. And I'm going to drop $2,000. And I thought I was a bad uh, person. I thought, wow, this is everything I've always wanted. And so when I got to STK and no one showed up and I had the two grand in, in my hand and it was a pretty sad day. And I thought, wow, so corporate America doesn't pay off. Okay, I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to turn that around. And so I thought, you know what? Be proactive. Yep. I'm going to go and make that money again, but I'm going to do it on my own. 
and the money that they made off of that sale, because I only made a portion of it, I'm going to make that for myself because I've earned that at this point. And since I can do this, why can't I do it for myself? Yeah. And, you know, just there was just a lot of turbulence throughout um, the moment I left home and making that big sale. But it was that big sale that really opened my eyes up to even more things. I've always been back and forth between corporate America and window tinting and detailing and back to corporate America. And it just, it was always confusing and always, what do I do? What do I do? But every time I went to detailing, wow, I'd make so much money and I've had so many customers and I'd make so many friends. And then I go back to, yeah, I do. I do. And then I just get tired of being stinky and dirty and sweaty and (laughs) sweating now. And then I thought, well, what if I can be stinky, dirty and rich? I mean, who gets to do that? Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm okay with it now. I finally accepted it. And being a girl, being sweaty and dirty, it's not very fun, but I've accepted it because that that is my calling. That is what God created me to do uh, is to help people and to help fix cars and make them beautiful because I... I think I'm okay looking, but when I make a car look beautiful, it's like, oh, it just totally makes my day. So anyhow, but uh, right at 17, I left home and I had never had a boyfriend. And so my first boyfriend was also my husband and I had two kids with him, uh, but I did not realize that he was involved in drugs and alcohol. And I had no idea of that world. I was very naive because we were very sheltered. And so things just got worse and worse as far as he wasn't coming home and things got violent. And I ended up in the hospital several times because he was six, six, two, and he'd beat me up pretty good. And I didn't like it, but I just thought, well, you're a wife and that's what a wife does. You have to put up with it. Uh, Cause my mom always says, wear makeup, learn how to cook and always do what your husband says. But you guys would like that now. It's huh? crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how you, you know, whether it be a, doesn't matter the gender, right? Male or female, but how right. somebody could Absolutely. in a relationship live a completely different lifestyle. You know, they could have their wife and family or husband at home with the family and could be into drugs, into this, into that, and then come home and play it off like none of that exists. And that yep. family does has no clue that they're living that lifestyle, especially when it comes to drugs. And people could cover it up so well. I mean, I, you know, not, not to get off subject, but I'll be out sure. and about and there's friends of ours that between me and Jessica, uh, she notices things that I don't notice because I don't, I don't know. I never indulged in that type, type of stuff. So I'm kind of naive myself to seeing that when I, when people yeah. are messed up and people be like, Hey, yeah, you know, he's on this and that. And I'm like, didn't even realize it. I just thought he was a little screwy. No, <laughs> he's on drugs. I'm like, Oh, well that explains it. <laughs> but <laughs> So it's not necessarily naive because if you're not one that does that stuff, then you're really not exposed to know how that's supposed to look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was the hard part. And after a while he ended up bringing that stuff into the home Mm. and he would lock me in the bedroom. And if I needed to use the restroom or get milk for the babies or get pampers for the babies, I had to knock on the door from the bedroom and he was in the living room. So practically I was banging on the door just to get out so that I could perform one of those tasks. And it was just really weird. And I thought, I feel like I'm in prison. It was strange. And um, just this one night and he didn't come home for three days. And I thought, okay, this is my chance. Hopefully there's another woman and we can just call it quits and I'll ask for a divorce. And 
I never saw myself going through a divorce ever. And, you know, it was a very horrible, turbulent thing, but he came home and I said, you know what, let's just forget everything. Let's move to Austin from San Antonio and let's just make this work. And I don't know who you're with, but you obviously have hickeys all over you. So there's somebody, let's just, let's just move. Let's just be done with it. And you had your fun and let's go. And he's like, no, no, we're going to stay right here. And I said, okay. So we started to argue and he's getting ready for work. And I thought just one day, just one day, I just want to punch him. And um, well, that day was my day and I punched him really good. And I picked up those babies and I ran two blocks barefooted and uh, went to the fire station. I said, Hey, uh, lock the doors. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill all of us. And um, I said, we need to call 911 and get the cops here too. Cause he's, he's going to kill us for sure. And so they hid us, me and the babies. My son was four months old. My daughter was two. And um, the cops came in, what's going on? And all of a sudden he comes in, he tries to break all the glass uh, to get into the building. And um, they arrested him. It took five cops to arrest him. And it was scary. It was very, very scary. And I called my aunt, she came over with her van. I, good as, I got as much stuff as I could and we left and I wasn't thinking the fact that I didn't have credit. So guys, please, please create credit for yourselves. Take care of your credit. Don't ruin it because it'll ruin your life. And I didn't uh, participate in drugs or alcohol lifestyle, but I had no home. We ended up on the streets because my mom wouldn't let me stay. Uh, my husband was a different nationality and my dad didn't let me stay because he had too many women in and out of the house. So we sat uh, in the car in the park and I would lay down my seat and the babies were little enough to lay down in the back seat of a uh, Toyota Supra. And I wish I had that car today because I might be rich. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's but really, I mean, and, and for that, I mean, to the, to the point of credit, I mean, that's something that's no fault of yours. It's just something that you didn't have the opportunity to, to build because you were kind of pushed away from that and you know held back from being able to do those things yourself yeah so I learned a lot I learned a lot really fast and um what age being, where were you at, at this uh point? I think I was 22 maybe 23 uh, so you the good the the good to take away from that is that you had still a lot of living and a lot of learning to do because I'm sure as you look back and you see some of these 22 and 23 year olds now you're like oh you haven't even skim the surface yet <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of these young kids that I hire Justin they have no clue and I it, it's hard for me to remember okay remember when you were that age Bernice and I am hard on my guys and a lot of my customers say well you're always going through different people I said I, I'm hard when, when you sit here and ask me for an opportunity and I'm going to be the best employee ever and then you turn around and you're on your phone and you're walking around the shop all the time and not really being productive. I'll give you three chances and I'm going to be hard on you. So first of all, you have to earn your hours. You don't get to work here. If you want to work more hours and you want to work overtime, you have to be a producer. If you're not, you stay part-time here at Pure Luxury. And a lot of them complain about being in the sun and Oh, it's so hot. Yeah, it's hot. You know what? I did it for 20 years. I did it in Texas and I moved out here and did it for another, you know, I think half the time. So maybe about 12 years I did it out here in the sun. So I don't, I don't feel sorry for them. And I don't know, you can call it cruel. You can call it crass, but I'm a girl. And yeah. if I can do it and you can do it too. So with, with picking up from, 
from you know sleeping in the super and all that what where did the opportunities start to fall in place for you to, to get yourself on your feet and start doing your own thing well that was my house justin so i always cleaned my house and every day i was cleaning that place because we had you know clothes all over the place and I didn't want it to be dirty. I didn't want no one to know that I lived in my car. So I always made sure that it was nice and clean in case uh, anyone went to lunch with me during the day because I worked at a doctor's office. And then after the doctor's office, I'd go to the school and I was going to school for business management. And then three or four nights a week, I did bartending at a local bar. Uh, it was a pool hall. So I enjoyed playing pool and I learned how to play pool and I learned how to make money and, and hustle these guys for <laughs> pool games, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was awesome. not going to be broke. I was not going to be broke, Justin. I was already embarrassed enough that I was living on the streets. It's like, wow, an AB student, you excel, excelled in sports. And I mean, to this day, my dad told me yesterday because he came in town. He says, you know, you still have those swimming records up at the at the swimming pool. And I was like, really? I, I had no idea. So it, it was kind of nice knowing that, that That's no one's awesome. been able to break those records. Uh, but I knew that I had something. I didn't know what. I didn't know how to get there. I knew what I wanted. But I didn't know how to get there, Justin. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to try everything. It's kind of like going for a um, test drive, going to buy a car. You know what you want, but you don't know exactly how you want to feel. But, you know, when you're test driving cars, that one feeling like, oh, wow, this picks up speed really fast. That's the car I want. Yeah. So it was detailing. Um, this man taught me how to, and I'm going all different ways because I have so much stuff going through my head right now. But I remember this realtor, he was a commercial realtor. He says, Hey, uh, do you know anybody who does tile? I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I do tile. I'd never done tile in my life. And he's like, well, I need this floor laid. I need some wood floors. He goes, can you help me? And I said, yeah, I can help you. And I said, can we exchange? And, you know, maybe I can live in the place, uh, where I'm fixing, that way it's easy for me to get to and from work. So I quit my daytime job, started working for him, had a place to live. And uh, after I fixed, he had a fourplex, so I was fixing all of them. And after I was done with the fourth one, I was really scared to finish the job because I thought, crap, he's going to throw me out and I still have no credit. So I had an issue. I couldn't sleep. I was asleep for two hours and I'd wake up and everything he'd give me, I'd be done by the next day come to find out I had a thyroid issue and that's why I wasn't sleeping. Uh, but I got the work done and that was the hard part because I was scared now. I had no place to go. And I said, hey, is it possible to um, give me some credit so I can get an apartment? I don't have any credit and I can't get an apartment with my kids. And he's like, oh, I can take care of that for you. So he went to talk to some oh, apartment wow. people and I was able to get my first apartment. And uh, it was good, but that also started a turbulent place. My ex-husband found out where I lived, and we ended up moving 21 times in two years. How many? And in two years, 21 times. Holy moly. I can pack like no I was going to say, you, I'm surprised you didn't start a moving business. <laughs> I got no. detailing, but we also rent some U-Hauls, and if you need, some, uh, need a hand, I know how to pack like no... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was crazy, but uh, I got attached to nothing. And uh, that I was another thing. Super strong uh, in, in so many different ways, you know, by doing that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's huge, you know, because a lot of people do get attached to items and individual things. And then when they sit and dwell at certain living points, houses or apartments that they rent, they get attachments. And you've kind of overcome that through that process. 
Yeah. The hard part, the things that I did get attached to was food, which causes me to have trouble losing weight. I'm so attached to food. I got to make sure I have some in my desk and my fridge and my house fridge. And it's crazy. I have to remind myself, you're not broke anymore. You're not homeless. But uh, the homeless part was hard because I, I didn't have a stove. I couldn't cook. And so we learned how to barbecue and Texas barbecue is amazing, guys. You can get to Texas and have some of that barbecue. I learned from the best when I was in Texas and I barbecue a lot and it helps me and I detail a lot and that helps me. Tinting calms me. Wrapping just makes me angry and I get my frustration out. <laughs> and, and PPF, I'm so glad I have a lot of hair because I pull my hair out when I'm doing PPF, but I love it because it's not going to beat me just like homelessness was not going to beat me. PPF is not going to beat me, Justin. And even though I'm pretty good, I want to be the best. And that's the hard part because I, in my mind, I still struggle and uh, it is what it is, but it was a hard road, Justin. And most of the time I'm okay. And when I see people hurt because of their situations, if I can overcome it with two kids, anybody can overcome it on their own. All you need is just, uh, just food and a positive mind and you can get through it. Yeah. Cause all those negatives will do nothing but fuel the fire. Yeah. I, and I, and it, this world, the way it is today, and I feel people lose sight of that and use those negatives as excuses. And that's their demise. You are correct. Oh my gosh, Justin, you are so correct right there because I have, I've gone through three employees this past month that use exactly that. And I'm saying, I, I don't want an excuse. I don't want to hear an excuses. How I did this, I don't know, but I didn't make excuses. And I learned that through Tony Robbins, you know, he says, interview 10 people of things that you'd like to do in life. People who are successful in the things that you want to do in your life. And so I, when I read that, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll interview people. And I really wanted to be a brain surgeon because I love cutting, which goes into <laughs> my tinting and PPS. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like cleaning. So let me see if I can get a hotel person who is head of uh, house cleaning. And so I thought, well, no, I can do that for cars and do it for myself. And so that kind of correlated there. And just, I don't know, just jobs, all these people that I interviewed, all related to the things that I do today. So I, I took all of their skills and all of their successes and I imported it into my business. And I'm super happy. And my customers are happy. I mean, getting female detail of the year, gosh, Justin, that's, the best thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, I never expected that, but I always said, you know what? One day I'm going to make sure that some female gets an award because we work hard in this industry to work next to you guys. Uh, some of us are not as good as you guys. And some of us are a little bit better than you guys, but I wanted my friends. I wanted to work with my friends and you guys are my friends. And I realized that working at one of the large uh, manufacturers that the guys were my best friends. Women, I don't know, I don't get along with them because I'm not into the makeup and the hair and all that, getting my nails done. And 
it's fun, but it's not important to me. You still do a good job at it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my uncombed hair, <laughs> I have to comb for a week. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> but I have fun hanging out with guys. I have fun getting greasy. I have fun making money. I have fun um, getting into those engines and doing fun stuff. It's. I don't know. I can't explain it, Justin. I'm sure some of the passionate enthusiasts understand it, but it's like for some people, their addiction, you know, some people go to alcohol, some go to drugs. I go to cars. Cause I thought if I'm an, and I always told myself when I was working the night job, I said, I thought, well, if I'm going to have an addiction, like some of these people, I'm going to make money off of my addiction. I'm not going to spend and waste money on my addiction. I mean, what perfect addiction is that? So making money off of cars was my addiction. Yeah. That's uh, a good outlet. It, That's it, it's, I, I mean, I, when I get frustrated, I find myself cleaning my house and I've always been that way. So it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that the addiction to, to cleaning at some level, whether it be OCD, whatever it gets labeled as that outlet and being able to find it a functionable outlet to make money. Mm-hmm. That's where you win. Because a lot of people don't, aren't able to do that. They're not able to take that and 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 what drives them to do certain things and turn it into being able to make positive money. Yeah, it gets messy, um, and I get it. I'm messy too, and you only get to see the pretty part of my office. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I didn't put my desk in the picture. <laughs> So uh, it's a little bit messy, but I, I got a lot going on. And I, when I say a lot going on, I've got six of my grandkids for a whole month. And that's crazy. And I'm teaching a class tomorrow for three days. And I'm trying to run my business. And we have wraps going on, PPF, tent. Super busy with tent because it is 110 to 115 during the summer. Summertime, here. yeah. You don't need no marketing for tent during the summertime. It just comes. <laughs> yes. yes. It just yes. comes knocking at the front door. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that because you don't yeah. tend to, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I have my okay. tinter. Uh, thankfully, I retained a tinter that was with the previous business that I took over the building for. He has 20 years experience. He was with them for six years. So thankfully, I could just, it's a set it and forget it kind of scenario for me. All he has to do is let me know if there's ever any issues and when he needs to make a film order. And other than that, everything else is solid and I'm happy. Wow, that's great, Justin. That's super awesome. I think I need to do the same thing. Out here, it's so hot that it's hard to do that. Everybody wants to work for themselves. And that's great. That's super awesome because you make more money that way. You do, um, yeah. So I just wish that I could find somebody like you. I mean, it's, it's great that you were able to obtain that opportunity. That was just a yourself. blessing. If not, I just I would be in the same boat as everybody else looking for a good tinter. And we all know how that works. They all They know they can make great money, right? But they all have some kind of addiction. Yes, and that is the issue. It's crazy how that works. That kind of goes hand in hand. And I wouldn't think that because I don't, I guess I don't see that much with the detailers as much as I do with the film, which is odd. You know, detailers have their own forks, you know, but. Detailers are more alcoholics, I think. I don't know what the correlation is, but tinters are more drug addicts. Yeah. And. Um, Not to categorize everybody, but. <laughs> This is just our personal experience of what we've seen. And I, and I can agree because years ago, I started at the car audio place back in the early 2000s, and they always did window tint. So I've always saw that trend to agree with you. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, so once I got my place and I moved 21 times, I just got tired of moving. So I moved to Austin and uh, did some stuff there, uh, worked for Victoria's Secret and worked for um, State Farm Insurance. So obviously it was corporate America moment in my life. And I missed home. I missed home so much. And it'd been seven years. So I thought, you know what? Let me go back to San Antonio. And I went back and it just started right up again. And I thought, this is not my life. So I started working for an apartment complex. It was a gated community. And I worked there for a couple of years and I was doing amazing and highest commission paid person. And it was fun. But again, it was corporate America. So I thought, okay, here it comes again. So he kept trying to get in and he kept getting arrested. And and I said, you know what, I'm tired of this. So I just closed my eyes, moved my finger around on a map and dropped it. And okay, Arizona, here we come. Three days, got a U-Haul, packed my stuff, talked to my parents separately, um, made dinner for them. And it was a sad moment in my life, but uh, it changed everything in my life. And I never thought I'd be married again. And I have a wonderful husband. He's, he's amazing. And he loves me. And I couldn't ask for a better man. So I'm blessed. And he's everything for me. And I don't think that I would have such a successful business, Justin, without him. I, um, I was very angry with men. And no man that come to work with Bernice could do things right. And it was just my way of being mean back to guys that have hurt me, not just emotionally, but physically, you know, being a pretty girl is hard. You know, so I try to make myself ugly because I don't want to be hurt by men anymore. And, you know, it started at age 12, being an early developing young lady. Uh, I was harassed by a group of gang, uh, a gangster of six guys. And I just got done with basketball practice and they pulled my shirt off and tore it. And I was just running around in my bra and they took my books and they tore them and my brand new shoes that my mom got. And I thought, what, what, what's happening? You know, I didn't know anything. I thought all the guys I knew were my friends and I was cool with guys and I was a tomboy and we threw rocks at each other and rode bikes together. And so I didn't understand what was going on. So I went to the football team and I said, coach, I need some help. And he's like, get out of here dressed like that. And a couple of my friends that were on the football team. They're like, what's going on? I said, you know, these guys, Benny and his friends, they, they tore my shirt and they're trying to take my shorts and I, I don't know what to do. And I can't get home because they're not going to let me cross the street. So um, they walked me home and my mom was very grateful. And then a lot of times, you know, guys would go by in their cars with their windows down and I'm not going to talk about what they did, but what they did was not very appealing to me. And it happened quite often because I had to walk to and from school. So one day I got super brave and I picked up a, pretty big rock and I threw it at the guy's car and went right through his window he turned right back around luckily I found a car to crawl under and just all the time Justin and like I said I was very angry with men and I thought how because I play with these guys all the time but it wasn't the same guys it was a different type of man that was doing this to Bernays and I had a hard time differentiating that so when I left my ex-husband I thought okay I'm done with men I'm moving to Arizona. I'm going to have a successful business and men don't get to be a part of that. Bernice will be Bernice. You're going to focus on your kids, focus on your grandkids. And that's your life. And my husband, the man in my life was God. 
God and I were best friends. I told him everything. And anything I did, something's like, God, if, if I'm supposed to be doing this, you know, send me a sign. And I don't know, I, I became not religious, but very spiritual. And he gave me a lot of good signs. And that, that's another reason why my business is successful is because I, I speak to him on a daily and that was the man in my life. So when I met my current husband, we hung out and I call it hung out for a year. And um, he's like, we need to go on a date. And I said, nope, I don't date men. Sorry. He's like, oh, are you gay? And I was like, no, nope, I'm not gay. I just don't date men. <laughs> I could see him saying something like that too. <laughs> Straight face. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was weird because I just thought, oh, I don't want him to like me. So I'll just be mean to him. So I was mean to him for a long time. And then finally he says, you know what? I know you like me. Let's just go on a date. And I said, all right, well, we'll go on a date, but just don't touch me. I, I will, I will punch you. <laughs> so we went on a date and it was just the most magical day of my life, Justin. And, you know, at the end of the date, you know, it was, it was perfect. We, we ate, we had a drink, we danced and what woman doesn't want that. Yeah. And we kissed and it, my life changed. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm not so mad at men anymore. <laughs> well, the good news, you didn't get punched. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get punched back by that big guy. <laughs> no, but, but truth being told, he was, he was a fat guy. He was not the built guy that he is today. He was fat, but I felt safe around him. And uh, he started working out, you know, because he also had an addiction that I did not know about. And I thought, oh, well, He's, he's fat. Okay, no big deal. But he's always got a Gatorade in his hand. So he's trying to be healthy. Um, well, naive Bernice didn't know that there was vodka in that in that Gatorade. <laughs> so, okay, so he held his own well. And he was an alcoholic. He was a, a, a drug addict and a pill popper. And I didn't know all those things. One day he called me and says, Hey, I gotta, I gotta go to rehab. And I'm like, Oh, you got hurt? What, yeah. what do you you what are you rehabbing? Yeah. I can help with that. I was in sports myself. And he's like, no, not that kind of rehab. Um, I have an addiction. I'm trying to fix it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I thought, okay, here we are again, Bernice, you really know how to pick them. And I thought, well, you can go fix that. I'm going to keep working. And uh, it got turbulent for a while, but not out of control like my ex-husband. So I thought, well, let me just move to Vegas. Front with you. Yeah. Yeah, so that was important to me. Yes. Uh, so I moved to Vegas for a few years, and that's when I did that big uh, Las Vegas job. So that was kind of cool. And I kind of just left him alone, but we kept in contact. So every weekend, either I would come here or he would go over there. My kids had moved on. My daughter had moved back to Texas, and my son was still with me. But it was like 17, 18, so he was good on the weekends by himself. And I moved back after that big job because my boss gave me no credit and he made it this big write-up and did a story and did a story in several magazines and I didn't see my name and it broke my heart and I thought you know what it's my two weeks notice and I went back to being me working on cars and it hit me hard for a couple years and I thought you know what let me get revenge on this let me go do some some big stuff and, and, and change a few things because that's not the story I wanted for Bernice. And I really went hard, Justin, to, uh, to become one of the best female detailers that I knew. 
to become one of the best female tinters that I knew. And I thought, well, if I can become the best all around shop that I can be, I may be the best, I may not, but I can try. Yeah, and you could strive for that. And, and it's one of those ideas of you know, shooting for the stars but landing on the moon, you're still in a good position. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so last month was really amazing. And I'm still on cloud nine with that. And I don't know what to do with it. And everybody has a lot of ideas. And I'm still having a hard time talking about it because it's, it's one of those things where you say, oh, I want that Lamborghini. I want that Lamborghini. And then you finally get the Lamborghini. It's like, oh, what do I do with this? Where, where am I going to drive with this yeah. thing? And <laughs> It's just date night. That's about it. That's all you're going to use it for, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. To sit in the garage and look at it all day Yeah, long. like, damn, I got that. Now that's it. It's just to use it every so often. Damn. It wasn't yeah. all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> so Tim and so, I started this program. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you as far as I, I remember hearing the story for how you came up with the pure luxury name. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, have you express how that how that came about and tell me the story on that. because I do enjoy oh. hearing that. Well, at age 28, when I was in Austin, I, I started recreating my business because I left it in San Antonio, moved to Austin to corporate America. And I thought, I'm going to jump back in. So I thought I needed to sound really good. I needed, I just needed something different because just um, luxury detailing, diva detailing just weren't working for me anymore. And so I thought, well, I read the book of Revelations and I'm scared. And if you've never read the book of Revelation, it's pretty scary. And it woke me up next to the uh, Awaken the Giant from Within by Tony Robbins. And between those two books, I thought I need to change my life and I need to change it fast because we never know how long we have here on this earth. I wanted to make this earth my heaven. Um, so I thought, okay, well, God's my best friend now. And I want him, I want my best friend to be part of my business. How, how do I do that? So I thought, well, I'll call it divine detailing. It'll be good. And I thought, oh, but I can't put tint into that. So I thought, no, that's not going to work. And then friends of mine told me, well, that's using God's name in vain. That's really dumb, Bernice. And then I felt really bad because I didn't want to use my best friend's name in vain. And so I thought, well, what does God represent? You know, he definitely represents purity. But purity detailing didn't sound right either. And I thought, he's pure. He's definitely pure. And I want pure things and pure thoughts for my life. So I thought, okay, well, that'll be part of my business name. And uh, luxury came from, well, I work on nasty, ugly cars right now. What kind of cars do I want? Well, I want luxury cars. I want a luxury life. I always want to feel luxurious because I'm tired of feeling stinky. And if I work on the luxurious cars, then maybe I won't be as stinky and dirty and gross as much anymore. And there came pure luxury. And I wanted to incorporate tint and detailing because I was always a detailer. So pure luxury tint and detailing services because I wanted to add other things. I just didn't know what I wanted to add. So I added services to it. And that's where that word name tent comes was from. pretty straightforward for you because you already had an idea that you wanted to be involved with tent and yeah. Yeah. And everything else just came name? afterwards. <laughs> yeah. How'd you come up with your name, Justin? Oh, uh, he put me on the spot. Um, well, I liked 
the, you know, everything, I always heard the idea of, you know, when you give a car back, every, every customer is always like, oh, this is like right off the showroom floor, you know, and it just struck me. And I was like, hmm, showroom. I'm like, showroom detail. And then I went on into the uh, uh, sunbiz.org, which is our state for looking up all the fictitious names. And I saw that nobody had it. And it really wasn't a very common used name in the detail industry. I mean, don't get me wrong, people used it, but there was a lot more other titles that people have overused, you know what I mean? And so I saw that and I was like, huh. And then because I had bought a pre-existing business, it was previously called Hanson's Detailing. And in order for me to transition, because we were on a gentleman's agreement the first year almost, it was like eight months. It, I, I, I started calling his JLs, uh, what did I call it? No. What did I do? How did I do that? Um, I forgot how I transitioned. It was Hanson, oh, that's what it was. It was Hanson's showroom detailing. Because I like the word showroom and obviously all I was doing at the time was detailing. And then when I was able to own everything outright and get incorporated myself after my payments were good for him on buying the business, that's when I transitioned and I dropped Hanson's and put JL's showroom detailing. And that's how I overall came up with the name because it worked for the business side, but it also worked for the title of what I wanted the business to be called. And then even that with the new business, I, you know, adding window tint, PPF, having the storefront. That's where I wanted to, I didn't want the auto spa because I feel like auto spa was just overplayed, overrated, and it was used too much for other brands. So I wanted auto salon. And I knew that as a salon, you know, looking at, you know, with my wife going to a salon, salon. With what they do. And I was like, that makes more sense for a vehicle, you know, spa and salon, even though they're similar, when you look them up, they actually have two different meetings. So yeah. it's, it was one of those things where I was like, I like salon because it's different. I always like being different. And that's why I came up with showroom auto salon to kind of blanket everything we do now kind of like where you're at with pure luxury. I feel like that blankets because you could do so much with that title. Um, yeah. And the JL part I could, I could get rid of, you know, if I wanted to, you know, scale the business, which we can at this point and sell it as an entity by itself, they could just have the showroom auto salon and run with it from there. If I ever wanted to same thing with you, pure luxury, you could always sell that off if you ever wanted to go that route. So yep. versus having your name attached to it, then it's you. And then it becomes a little bit more sticky in regards to that. But I was always trying to think ahead in regards to yeah. each, each movement. So it was long, more long-term than immediate. I have to have this now, like same idea with you, you know, you look at something for the long-term because mm -hmm. you know, you're yeah. going to be there for a while. You may not know what direction it's going to be 10 years from now, <laughs> but you know, you know, you're going to be in a direction that you are been pushing for at some level. <laughs> yeah, I knew what I again the, the test drive. I knew what I wanted. I just didn't know which avenue it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And then you had and 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 I, I had cut you off earlier. You started to tell me that you and Tim were involved in doing something. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We started uh, Hope for the Homeless after he was done with his recovery okay. uh, and getting off of all that. Um, it got really bad, and finally I thought, you know what? Let's do something. For other people who have less than us and let's just do it once a month to help ourselves feel better because nice. uh, when you do that Justin it takes a lot out of you and you see a lot of things that you don't see on a daily so we gathered our money 600 bucks 
And um, we thought we were amazing helping these people with all the things that we bought with $600. We bought food, we bought socks, t-shirts, underwear, and we just gave it out like it was Christmas and we called it uh, Christmas in July. And we were super excited. So we wanted to do Christmas every month. And I thought, you know what, let's just save money and do it twice a year in the summer and during Christmas. Um, but during Christmas, they're, they're not as grateful because everybody's doing it. So we started doing it outside of Christmas and doing it in July and January. And nice. it's now called Hope for the Homeless. And that company is worth a, a lot of money right now. And uh, we partnered up with a, an attorney uh, past couple years. And it's just growing at a phenomenal rate. And not only for us anymore, but we always invite a lot of people who don't feel good about themselves. Like, hey, why don't you come do it this, this Sunday with us? We're going to pack some backpacks with food and snacks and toiletries and band-aids. And we're going to take it downtown afterwards. And they don't know what we mean by downtown until they get there. And it's like, it's like the shock factor. And they're like, oh, wow. And then they leave feeling better. It's like, oh, okay, well, my life is not that bad after all. But so we're helping people on both sides of the, of the fence because it doesn't matter where you're at in life. We can always have, we always have room for improvement, Justin. Yeah. And it makes you recognize to be more grateful for what you have because it puts you in perspective of what other people on the low points of life are dealing with. Yeah. And so we do it. We, we do it here at the shop and help the homeless that walk around the shop. And um, by our house, we really don't have homeless, but we, we do a lot of stuff downtown. And we're now working uh, arm in arm with the food bank. And we have a lot of people coming towards, hey, can we get together on this or that? And we try to be selective um, because we don't want anybody hurting hope for the homeless and we don't want anybody exploiting the people that we go to visit on Sundays downtown but um, I kind of want to change that and I'm doing something a little bit off the wall call it good call it bad but I thought you know through all my years of being treated not so well by men just so they could benefit themselves I thought let me help some of these women whether they're a prostitute, whether they're homeless, whether they've been in domestic violence. I'm creating this group, um, the city of Phoenix, what is he, a financial officer is a customer here. And he says, well, I can help you get some money. The people over at one of the local automotive schools said, hey, you know what? We have a space for you whenever you wanna start teaching. And I thought, what am I doing? I have all these people. And that's just a couple people of the, the many people that have offered. And that's been going on for a few years. So three years ago, I started teaching classes and wow. that's helping. But I think I want to help more people, not just women, but men too. And help shops like yourself. Hey, I got this great guy. I think you guys will be a match. Not like a date. Well, kind of like a dating match thing where, you know, the personalities are going to be perfect for each other but I'm going to take it to a scale above and I got to look for a social worker and I got to look for a psychologist. And uh, those two people are going to be super important in my company. And we're going to try to help people find others to help them at their shops. Um, but we've got to make sure that people are going to be safe, that we're sending them out to. Yeah. Safe, not just for, the fit for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's big. It's scary. Uh, I, I believe that, 
we are already many in our group, not just tinting and detailing, but the other groups as well. There's a lot of felons involved uh, and we shun them because of their crimes, but not all of them are shunnable. There's some that can actually work and will work because they can't get hired anywhere else, but can they get rehabilitated? I don't know. I'm all about experimenting and I it love experimenting. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of people don't know that about you, Judge. Yeah, that's so. okay. I'm here. Yeah. I went through the whole ropes of all that and convicted felon. And honestly, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. You know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a, it's a thing in life. You, you, you take what the negative and you learn from it, right? And then you yeah. make the best out of it. And it definitely to your story and to what you're trying to help other people with. There's always a positive side to everything. There's always another road that they could take to make their life better. And then they look back three, five, ten years and like, oh crap. Yeah, this was cool. I'm glad I did this. And look at you now, Dustin. Congratulations to you. Because oh. I think you're freaking amazing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're awesome too. You've had quite the road ahead of you. I don't think my road compares to yours. I think they just, yeah. And everybody has a backstory, right? Everybody has a story at different levels. Um, and, and some are just super crazy, you know, and whether whatever side of this spectrum it may be on, whether it be physical abuse, mental abuse, drugs, alcohol, homelessness, you name it, all those categories, gang, gang related stuff, you know, these different cities and states have heavy gang activity in regards to the lifestyles they live, um, you know, just, just stuff that people grow up with and be able to change their lives. I think the biggest thing that I've seen that was on social media one time where you had the father that was a full-blown raging abusive alcoholic and you had the two sons that grew up in the same household. One son went one way with being the same as his father and the other one took that to fuel the fire to his ambitions of doing better in life and completely became a very successful business entrepreneur but they were raised in the same household, but it's just the paths that you take and the opportunities that are given to you to take advantage of to better yourself. And that's, that's the biggest thing is it starts with you and what you want to do to better yourself. Like we had talked about earlier, using that to fuel the fire versus excuses. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be a victim for, for a moment when I was getting beat in, in those years in my life. I think I was with him two and a half years. I was a victim and I looked at myself like, oh, what happened to me? What? I guess I deserve this. You know, this is the man I married. And then one day I just woke up, it was in church and the priest says, if you are not a king in your home and not be treated as a king in your home, that home is not yours and you need to leave. Same things for the women. If you're not a queen and you're not being treated like a queen, you need to leave. And I thought, I can't leave my husband. You know, what is this priest talking about? But it woke me up yeah and that's the same weekend as the weekend he was gone for three days and it it was a wake-up call and i stopped feeling sorry for myself and i stopped saying i always stayed it stayed in my brain beat the odds beat the odds so all my life my mission was beat the odds and i'm still beating the odds and i'm still breaking glass ceilings you know this product that i came up with again because i love to experiment the glue off yep that's a great product. I love it. I don't know if you tried it yet, Justin. I do. I but, have it in the uh, shop. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. But I, it helps with the tint so much. And a lot of these detailers are like, oh, detailing is not enough. You know, start learning how to remove tint. Use glue off. Uh, it's an amazing product. And if you're having any questions about the glue off and how to use it, just, just call me. 
you guys, my number's public and my Facebook is always open. I don't have it private. Just reach out to me. I'll, I'll help you guys. But that's an easy 100 to 150 bucks, depending on what your area will pay. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. Experiment, guys. Don't cause a fire or kill yourself, but <laughs> learn what you're experimenting with and try it out. It's fun. You know, you're always trying different pads, different products. You know, th there is no set rule on how you got to detail. The only way you're going to get good is to try different things and getting online and asking people, they don't know what you're dealing with right there in front of your eyes. Try Buy a bunch of pads, buy a bunch of products and just experiment because yeah. not one paint is identical to the next car that's coming through. And you can kind of get a, uh, about 70%. But if you're a hundred percent type of person and it's got to be perfect paint, you're going to have to try everything. Yeah. There's no cookie cutter situation for it. No, there is no. not. And that's something that's that, I mean, you've, you've experienced over the years, obviously with so much time into detail and then also, you know, just going off of what you were saying with even, you know, adding window tint, you know, it, it, the downtime of when detailing's not kicking butt because different States have different seasons too, you know, yep. like you, yep. And myself, we get to detail year round, but northern yep. states with snow, not so much. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can't get into window tint or other services that keep the revenue coming in for your business. Yeah. Be creative. Think outside the box because when you're thinking like your neighbor and doing this with the blinders on, you're only failing yourself. You know, try to we tried bed liners, but bed liners is too. It's too dirty in my yeah. shop and I got tired of cleaning. So we got rid of bed liners. It's not a good mix in I... a detail shop sometimes. No. no. <laughs> no. And I have seven grandkids. So I thought, let me find seven different avenues. That way when they get and they turn 18, here you go. You're going to have all the window tent profits. Here you go. You're going to have all the detail profits. And, you know, it, it'll be fun for them so that they don't end up in the situations that I am. But I wanted to leave a legacy. Uh, my parents didn't do much for us but they did the best that they could and i want to do the best that i can for my kids and my grandkids um, so they don't end up in the same situation that i was in and hopefully they never have to deal with the things that i had to deal with now i'm sure adding on you know going from being a detailer right you had you know so much time invested and you've learned over the years especially with how much the industry has transitioned you've evolved with that you've attended mm -hmm. events you've been part of you know, different groups and, and being able to have that continued education in that aspect. But I'm sure as you added on tint, that was a learning curve in itself. And then you started to get that under your belt, but then the wrap and the PPF, that was probably very frustrating in the, in the beginning years of taking that on. But mm -hmm. over time, with time, you overcome that. It's just continued efforts of pushing it, making yeah. it want, making it happen and learning basically where you went wrong and figuring out where not to go wrong again in that same scenario, whether it be laying down a hood or wrapping an edge or whatever the case may be. Correct. And, yeah. Well, as soon as I hear of something fun that I think I can incorporate into my business, I jump on it. I buy everything that it's required and I practice, practice, practice. So by the time people start talking about it, Hey, by the way, we do this. And I, in my mind, I feel like we're good enough to be marketing as professionals so I'll do stuff for between two and four years before I start marketing it because I want to get hmm, pretty good at what I do because you can't market something and do crappy work, I think. But um, 
I think you guys should try more, push yourselves more. A lot of people don't push themselves anymore. I, I think it was just the, the mindset of being in sports. You always have to push yourself and get to the next level and break that next record. And it kind of stayed with me. So I'm always trying to push, push, push to get to the next level, push, push, push and try to get some to something better. And I'm almost there, Justin. I got one more thing to do, but I'm almost there. That's awesome. And I, it's, it's, it's crazy to say that because I you know being at these shows, I'll get, whether it be detailers or whatever it may be, come up and they're like, oh, I'm content. I get my certain amount of vehicles in per week and we do this and we make that amount of money and, you know, everything's just fine. You know, I'm, I'm fine just being a little shop, a little guy by myself. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how can you just be content with X amount and you cap? And you're by yourself. You're, if something goes wrong, you're screwed. You can't bring any money. You're not setting a legacy for yourself. Yeah, you had a cool story, but what did you do to leave behind after that? There's like it, some of that stuff doesn't make any sense in the mindset that some of these. And you shouldn't say it's not even a gender thing. These human beings that are in this space, they're there and they're just they're just there. They're just there making a little bit of noise, and then that's it. They're not leaving anything behind. And it's just crazy that people have that mentality not to want more. And you know what, Justin, I'm okay with that because if they want it more then I couldn't get more. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't judge. <laughs> I would have to hundred percent agree. Oh, you don't want more. That's okay. But I do. You're not going to eat yeah. that. I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat it. <laughs> and, and not to be mean, but yeah, that, that's yeah. how I feel. And there's a lot of little car washes opening up and, a couple of little detailers open up in the area and I'm okay with it because I get to fix all of those. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, Oh, all these car washes, aren't you nervous? Are you going to end up moving? It's like, no, no, I'm going to take what went wrong and I'm going to fix it. So I'm okay. Cause now they're feeding me is how I look at it. Or at least that's what I tell myself. They're feeding me. Yeah. So I'll take it. Yeah. And it's helping with a little bit more consumer awareness on what the difference is. Right. Because if they never get shown a difference, then they'll never know a difference. Yes. And I can always show them the difference every day of the week, whenever they walk in. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, with with where you're at now, um, you have the, the size of your facility, the services you offer, and how many employees were mentioned that for me, just so people could see the, the, the operation that you have. I have four employees and I have a very small shop and I think that I've outgrown it, Justin, but ah, it's, it's comfortable for me. I have two bays. It's 1500 square feet. And even though online, it looks like a bigger shop, it's really not. I I'm looking at a 5,000 square foot shop, but it's like, that means growing again. And if I'm going crazy right now, trying to keep up, can I keep up with that stuff? And I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm on the fence about that because even though I can bring on 10 more employees, even though I can jump into a 5,000 square feet, so I don't have to park cars outside at night. Do I want that? Or am I doing good and I'm comfortable now? Cause I never want to see myself doing comfortable mm -hmm. but I never want to see myself fail either. So that's a good question. That's where I'm at right now. I think you just asked your own question. You know, you're, you're, you're comfortable and you don't want to be comfortable, but the, just like any leap of faith, right? It's always scary to bring things to the next level, but that's how you know you're going to bring you to the next level because it scares you. 
Yeah, well, the, the cool thing is getting into that 5,000, and you're right, Justin, but <laughs> the, the cool thing about that 5,000 square foot building is that I can hold my classes and the shop can still run. Right now, I can't do that. Tomorrow, I have a class. I have a paint protection film class going on. And these guys, all they get to do is clean and wrap a car. We can't do anything else because it disturbs my students. And my students are very valuable to me because they are the ones that are gonna help me leave that legacy. They're the ones that are gonna help this tree grow bigger. And I think that there's a lot of money left on this table and a lot of people are not asking for the correct amounts just because they say, well, I'm just gonna feed the family. That's all I need, just this much. I used to be one of those people just to feed the family, just enough to pay the bills. But now it's like, no, no, no. I want enough for that. I want enough for the school. I want enough for my Aston Martin. I want enough to help feed the homeless. I want it all. And if you're willing to leave it on the table, I'm willing to take it from you. Yeah. And it, it's not a doggy dog world. It's just, well, you left it there and you didn't want it. So I took it. And uh, even though it sounds ugly, I'm it's also not, there. To it's, it's just honest because you're getting what you want and that's fulfilling the things that you feel are priorities in your life, you know, helping others, you know, having the luxury things that you want that you've earned and, and being bigger and better. So you have that legacy to leave behind. Being bigger. I don't know. Being better. I don't know. That's that. I'm going to win that race. Justin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why you're going to move into that 5,000 square foot shop. So you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should invite all my friends and uh, you have, have a big the party. backing for it. You have, you know, you have the support. It can be done. Trust me. I, and I speak from experience. I went through the same thing and it's, you know, it's, it, it can be, yeah, it's, it's intimidating, but you can do it. Yeah. How long did you hem and haw about that? And what was the deciding factor? You know, I went to, I didn't think it was obtainable. It's funny because when I bought the business, when it was off a different, right down the street before I moved into this space, uh, it only took me like two months before I moved into the space I'm at. But point is, we'd always drive by during lunch when I worked for the gentleman about the business from being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a, a detail shop there? The name of the company that the business was in was called Highway Hi-Fi. They've been here since 1981. And they did a car audio, window tint, all the 12 volt electronic stuff. And I was like, yeah, that would be really cool. And then I got the spot of 1,800 square feet. And then that went into 2,500 square feet. But I always had customers say, oh, eventually you're going to take over that building. I'm like, that's a million dollar plus property. There is no way. That's unobtainable. Not ever, right? And uh, then he put up a sign because there's a lot next door to us that was a retention pond that they've leveled out now. They're putting a brand new 7-Eleven there, but he kind of put the, he owned the property in the building, but he put a sign up for sale just to kind of see what he could get for it, get some feelers out in the market, right? Because if there's going to be a big corporate store that goes there, they're going to put some coin out to buy the property next to him probably, right? Why not take advantage of that when you're an owner? And yeah. uh, it's, I think he got, he settled on the idea of being able to possibly sell. So I started just entertaining. I was like, Oh, what would it take? And then it didn't seem very realistic. And so I reached out to people that are in our network and I talked to people that we know in the industry that are manufacturer owners that, you know, started. And I said, Hey, if I would, what do you recommend I do? And this is my situation. I'd like to get bigger. I'd like to get this building. Um, and they, they just gave me some ideas and it was 2019 air force one. 
when I talked to quite a few people there. And then I talked to Rich from Buff and Chime. And it was just knowing that these guys started young and they were entrepreneurs and they were successful. And they've also had their hiccups in life, just like we all do. Right. And yeah. they just, just picking their brains to be like, this is the, this is the path you want to take. And if this doesn't work then try this, and if this doesn't work then try this. So I just started executing those things and it became reality. And next thing you know, leaving Air Force One in July 2019, I got the ball rolling by end of August. We I hired a broker and we started making the agreement. And next thing you know, it was reality. And next, the first of the year comes and I have the property in the building. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> From 2,500 square feet to 7,300 square feet like that. Like, oh crap, what do I do now? Like, ah. Oh. So, but that's why I say from experience, you can make it happen because once it's in your lap, then you have to make it happen. There's, there's no choice. There's no yeah. going back. There's no failing. It's agreed. It's I'm going to make it work, but how big can I make it work? Can I make it reach its full potential and some? Yeah. Okay. Words from the wise right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far so good, even through a pandemic, which obviously we've all suffered from at some level, but yeah. So it, it could be done. But, Outstanding. Wow. That's really amazing story there. But So with where we're at on time, Bernice, um, we're, we're right up against the wall for that. So with you, let people know how they can get a hold of you. How could they reach out to you? Okay. Well, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And um, like I said, my number's public, 480-560-8143. You can call me anytime or text me. Um, might not reach me on the phone, but you can text me until I find a uh, young lady that can work for me. I need some help or a young man. Um, and then uh, my email, pureluxury underscore one at ymail, not gmail, but ymail.com. And, uh, and reach out, guys. I'd love to help you. I'm, I, I don't judge. Even if you think I don't like you, I will probably help you because that's just what I do. And you do training. You do training for I do. RAP and PPF, correct? Yes, I don't uh, work directly with any manufacturers. We're self-supporting, Justin. And uh, it's an experience. It's not, there's no set rules in my class other than when you're coloring, you stay in the lines. That's the only rule I have. You want to come hang out with your friends and spend the money you do? Hey, do it. But if you're here to learn and you want to make a change in your life, I love doing that. I love helping people take it to the next level. Awesome. And then- Last words of advice for those listening. I know you have a great story and you had some definitely some golden nuggets along the way with that story, but what's some direct words of advice that you could tell the listeners? Don't make excuses in your life, guys. You know, what if, what if you can succeed if that thought is, well, I think I want to do that. And you talk about it, but you never take action on it. Take action on the thoughts. Because one thought, it's going to be, wow, it changed my life. And I always try to beat the odds because too many people are trying to do what the other is doing. What if you went and took the other path? Because that other path doesn't belong to you. So try everything. Something will pan out. And you'll know because everything you do on that path will go smoothly. When things are not going smoothly, that's when you know that it's not meant for you. Awesome. I couldn't agree more. Well, Bernice, thank you. 
And we appreciate Thank having you. you on for Reflection Artist Live podcast. Again, you are number 36, which is huge because we're starting to gain some traction and momentum. So we're hoping that definitely a lot of, you know, in the industry, people listen and at their time when they have, whether it be audio or video. And um, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and we could revisit you being in your 5,000 square foot facility. <laughs> with my Aston Martin, Justin. <laughs> Let's start Thank with the facility the first. We'll start there and then we'll go to Aston Martin. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Have a great week, Jason. You too. And I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's always nice talking to you. So hopefully we'll see each other soon. I guess SEMA would be our next event that we'd be seeing each other. So, yep. Look forward to it. Awesome. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Everybody at home listening or watching, take care and thanks. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.